1: The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan.
2: Without further
1: ado,
0: that's what the game's all about. You know, all of a sudden you feel like you can't miss.
1: Whoa! I'm going to leave it up there. He couldn't make that if you tried that again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, NBA Wednesday Buffet Edition. I'm senior NBA writer for the Action Network, Matt Moore. Make sure, first off, that you have downloaded our amazing app, the incredible bet tracker that is going to help you keep track of all of your bets, give you up to the second info on where the money's coming in, what the best lines are, where you can find it, all of our analysis, download the Action Network app today. On today's show, we will talk the Brooklyn Nets. We will talk the big trade that we only got to touch on last week because it happened after we recorded our podcast. We will go through the Wednesday Buffet and go through all our bets for Wednesday. And we will get to back to the future on bets that we wish that we had made. Joining me this week, Raheem Palmer. Raheem, how are you?
1: I'm good. Life is good, man. NBA season. Had MLK Day yesterday. Life is good, man.
2: Yep. Things seem uh, a little sweeter here on Wednesday. I don't know why. Just randomly. See things Life seems better. <laughs> it's like I can breathe easier. It's strange. Brandon Anderson. Brandon, how are you?
3: I'm doing great. It is January 20th, 2021. We are here. There's basketball. There's other things. Let's do it.
2: And you mean that, of course, because the Mavericks and Pacers played tonight. All right, let's start off with the NBA marquee.
1: Oh yeah, let's do this.
2: All right, on our marquee tonight is just two words. Brooklyn Nets. Nets traded for James Harden last week. Pretty big deal. They get Kyrie Irving back likely tonight versus the Cavaliers. A lot of questions about how this is going to work. They get an, an impressive win right out of the gate versus the Milwaukee Bucks, led for the duration of the game uh, a really impressive win to, to get going. DeAndre Jordan looked like an actual NBA player for the first time in I don't know how long. Uh, Raheem, let's start with you. Should we go ahead, and the Nets are obviously the favorite to win the Eastern Conference now. Are they so much better than everybody else that it's good to go ahead and get that number as it exists no. right
1: now? No, I mean, here's the thing. I think I don't see anybody beating them, but the price here just value it. So it's just, why would you want to tie your your money up on this current price when you can bet it series by series? Now, for me, what I realize is it's not that I like the Nets so much. It's that I don't like anybody else. Like, this team offensively, no one's going to be able to match. When I look at the Sixers, they can cause some problems for them inside. But at the end of the day, they're not going to have the firepower and they have a guard in Ben Simmons who refuses to shoot the ball. If you're playing the Nets, you're going to have to put up 120, 122. Um, when I look at the Bucks, for me, I think the biggest issue I have with, with the Bucs is they play a scheme in which they're forcing you to take three-point shots and protecting the rim at all costs. Why do you want to force James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris to shoot threes? Basically, we're going to have a repeat of the Toronto Raptors series from 2019 where Fred and Fleet made every three. The nemesis. Fred Van Bleet. So I don't see any team beating the Nets. Now, the Nets are going to have some issues on the defensive end. Like we saw Monday night when they played the Bucs. The Bucs got any shot they wanted down the stretch because DeAndre Jordan played drop coverage and they put him in the pick and roll. They just got mid-range shots and threes at will. But at the end of the day, I don't see any team outscoring them. I think if you want to play the Nets, you play it series by series. You, you roll things over. Brandon,
2: you focus so much on props this year. What do you think the impact's going to be for Irving, Harden, and Durant trying to share the load here?
3: That is a great question that I have been fading until we know a little bit more from these guys. I know that our prop projections keep pushing the James Harden under on assists, and I've been fading that. I'm not loving that, that, Right now, so far through a couple of games, seeing Harden and Durant really show a lot of synergy. They're playing well off each other. There's a lot of deferring. With two players, you can do that. We'll see with three. It's not that Harden just jumped in and everything went fine. He kind of took the Kyrie roll over. That's different. Now we're back to three. This is a little bit different. And one thing that I've been thinking about with this team I'm curious what they will do, and it will kind of—I think it will affect how I play the props. I think that one huge advantage this team should have, especially in the regular season, is their bench play, because you know tonight they're playing the Cavaliers, for example. So at some point, each game the Cavs are going to have whatever it is they're throwing out for a bench, and the Nets are going to have one of—I don't know which—I'm going to guess James Harden, but they're going to have one of those three with a bench unit, not much help out there, basically just playing iso ball and doing everything. And that's going to give them a chance, probably that's, whoever it is, that's going to give them a chance to be the star, do their iso thing, take a whole lot of usage. And I think it's Harden. I think that makes sense with the role that he's had in the last few years and with Kyrie and Durant playing together already this year. And I think that will give Harden a chance to hit some of those overs and to keep some of that, the numbers up that that he might have been losing. The second quarter Nets play will be a a bet that I'll be keeping an eye on once we start to see these three guys together because that's going to give me a chance to see those opening second quarter minutes with Harden against a horrible – whatever the bench unit is, you get to have a superstar offensive player out there leading the charge against probably not a lot. A lot of defenses in that case are probably just going to try to run out possessions and move the clock along. Uh, But I think that's one angle that I'm going to be watching closely as we start to see these
2: guys play. I will go back to Raheem's kind of point of talking about the, the, not liking anybody else. I will say I'm getting pretty close to going ahead and going in on the Sixers. Uh, That's where I'm heading because the offensive ratings with Seth Curry on the floor with Embiid are incredible. You put that floor spacer and I was, I was skeptical. Like I'm not a, a Seth Curry guy. Uh, not a Steph Curry guy either, as it turns out.
3: Matt Moore hates Steph Curry.
2: Um, but like I- I'm was not a guy that was like Steph Curry. Like, I like the trade for Dallas there, but the numbers have just borne out that when you put shooters around MB and Simmons, there's so much spacing. Um, and meanwhile, if you've got <laughs> if I were gonna build an NBA player in a laboratory to guard Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons is who I come up with. Like that's the guy that I actually, uh, outside of Tony Allen, Ben Simmons is the guy that I want guarding Kevin Durant. Um, That's one of the few matchups I think where look, Katie's going to get his, but there will be games where I will be like, I think Ben Simmons won that matchup. That's how good Ben Simmons is defensively. I'm not worried about them producing offense because doc docs has been able to consistently produce high, like high octane offense. And I think the Sixers can control tempo and, Like DeAndre Jordan versus Joel Embiid. Gimme, 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 gimme. Depending on the matchups, like I really genuinely like that Sixer. Like I'm liking the Sixers more and more uh, as a potential upset in the Eastern Conference. It's one reason like I'm glad this trade happened and that all the the attention in the market is shifting towards Brooklyn because I'm going to get a better number on the Sixers, especially after the slow start where it's entirely because they've been missing like half of their team. We will talk about this in the Buffet, but the record for when they have Seth Curry and Joel Embiid active, it's pretty good. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. Um, one last thing for both of you. What is your biggest concern with the Nets? What's the biggest reason to be skeptical that they're going to succeed? Raheem? I, I think it's the defense. I
1: mean, when you look down the stretch of that Bucs game, they couldn't get a stop. You look at a team like the Sixers, I think the Sixers are you – know, out of all the teams, the Sixers are going to give them the most trouble because – they don't really have a big backup big man. Now, I think you have to assume that this is, isn't is the final product. They're going to get some guys in the buyout market. So maybe they'll make some trades. So you can't assume this is the final product. But right now, defensively, I don't see how they're going to stop anybody. But at the same time, who's going to stop them? So that's my only concern. Brandon, what's your concern?
3: So I'm not so worried about the big man thing I, I definitely am worried but to me you know just processing the whole modern basketball thing, if I'm the Nets and I see the ball get thrown in to Embiid over and over again and he's looking saying, I'm gonna feast there's no one here that can stop me That's a win for me. Like, go ahead, feed the post. You can have all the post possessions you want. I trust my offense with my three superstar players. This is the modern NBA. I'm going to beat the post. To me, the bigger concern with the big men, even than defense, and I guess it is tied to defense, but I'm I'm worried about the rebounding. Uh, I think back to the Warriors teams and the way that the Cavs were able to hang in there. And it was by slowing things down and then just by hammering the offensive glass, Uh, especially like Tristan Thompson was huge against them because he got so many rebounds and kept so many possessions. And to me, the rebounding is a real concern just because that's going to give the other team more possessions, more chances to play catch up and, and limit things on both ends.
2: Uh, before we move on, I will note that with Joel Embiid in the post this season, the Sixers are averaging 1.09 points per possession, which of course would be a 109 offensive rating. That's pretty good. That's uh, that's that's pretty good. I, I understand typically what you're saying. I do think the <laughs> league is shifting a little bit away from being able to just overwhelm post-up teams with threes, especially with how it's impacting stuff inside and breaking matchups. Like We are seeing a shift away from what we saw over the last couple of years was just like, no, everything is like small ball and three, and we got space with threes and all these guys. Like we're moving a little bit away from that.
1: I mean, the Lakers Lakers won a championship basically out rebounding everybody. (laughs) Right,
2: right. Hey, this is the producer, Matt. Uh, Our apologies. The
3: Memphis-Portland game was postponed immediately after this podcast was recorded so you can disregard picks related to Portland-Memphis. Our
2: apologies. All right, that'll wrap it up for the marquee. Let's get into it, boys. Let's feast.
1: Mm. Dig in. Certainly does look delicious. It's the Wednesday
2: NBA Buffet. Chew and swallow. No savoring. All right. So, yeah, $100. We've decided to take the limits off. You get to, to distribute it any way you want because Brandon just wants to pick little things off of the plates of props, <laughs> just little tiny teasers is what he wants. He wants those teasers to fill up his plate. Uh, 10 $100 on Wednesday night's games. Let's start with Raheem Palmer. Raheem, what's your first bet on the board?
1: My first bet on the board, we're going with the Memphis Grizzlies plus one and a half. I'm not really big on revenge spot, but I don't know if you guys remember, in the, play, in the play-in game, the Blazers knocked the Grizzlies out the playoffs. And I think this is a perfect spot for them to get back. The, the Blazers are really They're missing C.J. McCollum. They're missing Yusuf Nurkic. McCollum is, is a death wish. I mean, like on his own, when you look at them, they're thirteen points per one hundred possessions better offensively with CJ McCollum on the floor, and fifteen points overall. This this Blazers team they can't defend. You know they're twenty six in um, defensive rating. They go to one hundred and thirteen points per one hundred possessions. They're highly dependent on Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. They're averaging twenty eight and twenty six points per game. I faded them Monday against the Spurs. I'm going back to the well again, and I'm fading them again. I think the Grizzlies, they, get, they got John Morant back. The offense should be a lot better than it has been in recent memory. They're coming off a big win against the Suns. I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies. We're going to go with the same thing, $33 to win 30 I love the Memphis Grizzlies today.
3: Raheem Palmer is falling in love.
2: All right, good start for you. I like that. I like that. I like that position. However, I will note since 2018 19, so the last two seasons and then this season, without CJ McCollum, the Blazers are 11 and six straight up, six, nine and two against the spread for 40%. Uh, here's a number I thought that was really interesting. The over is 11 and five in Blazers games without CJ McCollum. I thought that was really weird. I was That's like, really interesting. I was expecting the, the exact opposite on that. Now, the average total on those games was 220, and they, averaged, they the Blazers wound up scoring 117 in most of those games. Uh, total today, right now as we record, is 223, so it's right in line with that. I've got a pick on this game as well, so I'll go ahead and go next. Uh, I've got 20 bucks on Grizzlies Blazers' first half under – 109 so i just told you that the, the over is always the play and then i'm just gonna stupidly run head first into that trend because that's what i do here's one this season in grizzlies games the first half under is 12 and 1 12 and 1 on grizzlies first half unders no cj mccollum no use of nurkic the grizzlies have, been, have played excellent defense under taylor jenkins just absolutely incredible defense and I do think that with the way this Blazers team is constructed, I don't know who's going to be able to replicate some of that scoring Cantor will get some of it, especially with with Jonas Valanciunas out, but the young bigs for Memphis have played really well. Tillman's played really well. I like, I think Memphis is going to grind this game out. Dame may have a big game, but if Dame has a big game, I feel like nobody else is going to get involved. And if everybody else is getting involved, that means fewer points for Dame. So uh, I've also got a 109 line here on first half. Like, it's just, to me, that's a lot of points. I got to get, I, if I, this winds up being, you know, if I get to 60, 45, I'm still good. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right here. So I'm going to take the under on 109 Grizzlies first half under. I'm going to stab your ass
1: with this fork. Do you hear me? I would love that.
3: Brandon, what's your first pick? So, I'm going to go with the magic that is the Sacramento Kings defense on this one, or lack thereof. So, I'm taking the Los Angeles Clippers team over 120.5. Let me tell you about the last eight games for the Kings. Here's the points that they've given up over the last eight 128, 138, 132, 122, 125, 144, 124, 137. That's a lot of points. That's at least 122 points in each of the eight games. These teams are combined 19-9 and nine on overs on the season. They both have gone over in four straight. There's not a lot of defense. We know the Clippers don't play a lot of defense. The Kings certainly don't. Los Angeles is averaging just a touch under 115 on the season, but that includes that horrible Mavericks game when they scored 73. Take that one out, they're over 118. And and this is the Kings. So if you're averaging 118 most games out and then you get to play the Kings defense, you know, we know the Clippers are going to score. So as long as they feel like trying tonight, I like them over 120 and a half against the Kings. Brandon Anderson is a hater. How much? Twenty
2: dollars. Sorry. Yep. I am tailing that tail alert. I am tailing that one. I will be on that tonight with you. With you guys telling that, I actually, um, I wrote about this in my
1: projections column. I like the over 230. I think this game goes over with relative ease. You know, these guys played the other day, and they lit it up. The Sacramento Kings, they're giving up 120 points per 100 possessions. That's five points worse than the best offense in NBA history. The Mavericks scored 115 points per 100 possessions last year, and they were the best offense in NBA history. This team is five points worse. So I'm going to go with the over, I mean, Brandon like he summed it up properly these teams you know they're the first and fifth in over percentage I think that the Kings are you know 10 and 10 and 5 to the over the the Clippers are 9 and 4 I like this over it goes over relatively easy I make this line 233 it's actually dropped down which I'm surprised so 33 to one thirty. I love it over
2: yeah I uh, I like that as well I am going to take this is going to here, here's a dumb thing I'm, I'm about to do. Um, so there have been 19 what uh, my good friend, Ken Barkley is calling duplex games a season where you play within a week, right? They're back the sets of games, essentially of those 19 games in 14 of them. The team that lost the first matchup has won the first quarter in the second game. So you come out, you're pissed off. You're mad. You don't like these guys. They just beat you. You make adjustments. You're not going to get caught by that. Again, you have a motivational edge, which I always believe is the most important thing in the NBA regular season. Even more important than injuries is a motivational edge. You win the first quarter. Now, do I think the Kings are going to win this game? No, I do not. Do I think they're going to cover the spread? No, I don't. I don't want to lay the points, but I want to grab them either. I don't want to, gra- I don't want to grab them, take the points and I don't want to lay them lay 10 with the Clippers either. But, In a first quarter, I'm getting three and a half. I get three and a half points in a first quarter. So as long as the Kings don't get wiped off the mat, I'm going to be okay on this. I'm going small. I'm going small, but I am putting 10 bucks on Kings plus three and a half first quarter uh, because I like that spot whenever the team loses that first game. 14 and 19 is too good of a trend for me to get away from. I'm not beholden to trends. Uh, I will say though the Clippers also play a lot of drop coverage. I like the Kings in the first matchup, and one reason I like them is the Clippers play play two schemes. They play they play switch and they play drop. They play mostly drop. Uh, De'Aaron Fox should be able to get going. Like he just he should have played better in that first game. And I think he knows he should have played better. I expect Fox to come out and play well in that first quarter. Um, so I will go they, ahead. He actually that one.
1: covered the first half in that game before yep. they got blown out. So right,
2: all right. I'm not mad at it. All right, Brandon, You, what's your second bet?
3: All right, so I'm going to go to the Pistons-Hawks, and I'm taking $20 on the under. I think it's at 220 right now. Uh, there was $221.5 last night when I was looking at it, so the line is dropping. You'll want to grab it soon if you're going to play. So the Hawks' defense is kind of decent right now. The Hawks are up to 10th in defensive rating. They are number three in defective field goal percentage. A lot of that, I think, is they're getting a little lucky on three-point percentage right now. They're number three in the league, and so that's probably just going to regress in time. But also a lot of that is Clint Capella can actually defend. They have someone that actually can defend and protect the rim now. And DeAndre Hunter is playing a lot better on both ends this season. That's helped them a lot. I'm starting to come around on the Hawks a little bit. Uh, John Collins is looking really good. Trey Young is still Trey Young. But the team is actually defending not great. I'm not saying they're a great defensive team now, but they look like they can at least be average. They've been above average with Capella out there. The Pistons are not good. The Pistons can't score. They don't have a lot of weapons. Uh, They are hanging around in games. I thought about parlaying this with the Hawks win. The Hawks are only four and four straight up as favorites this year, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay away from that. But I'm just going to take the under here. As of 221 and a half, when it was last night, every Hawks game in January was under that number, and the Pistons under that number in their last five. Uh, the Hawks are under nine and 0 straight in January and 11 and 2 on the season. So I'm going to take the under at 220 and falling.
2: Okay. I am going the other way. I'm going $10 on Pistons plus five. Uh, I am tailing Justin fan here who that has that's one of his picks in his insiders tool which you can get with a action network pro subscription uh on bet labs Uh, he puts his specific picks in based off of what's going on most of the pistons losses have come within six points the other problem is that Trey Young is broken right now. Ever since Steve Nash basically said that he doesn't play bad. Like there's two things going on with the Hawks. So you're mentioned like, I'm not worried. Like, you know, Trey Young, still Trey Young That's not been the case. Trey Young has not been himself at all. Uh, he's not getting to the line. And that has basically I don't know, taken off a, about a third of his production. John Collins called him out for being selfish. And there's still a lot of consternation whenever Trey pulls up from 30 feet. I looked this up. He has the second most pulls from 30 feet behind Dame Lillard. Dame has an effective field goal percentage of 45%. On those shots, Young has an effective field goal percentage, not field goal percentage, effective field goal percentage of 30%. He's five of 25. And that was before the last game where he was, I saw, I specifically checked it after I saw him chuck up three of those in a half on MLK day. So I don't like where the Hawks are at. I am exactly opposite of you on this. The defense is maybe playing better. This is still a bad defensive team like they just they do not have they do not have the horses to play good defense. They have too many liabilities on the floor. They don't look connected. The Pistons are competitive. They play hard. I think they'll fade as time goes on. Jeremy Grant's putting up good numbers. So I'll go ahead and take Pistons plus 5. Hello Detroit. You won my heart. I actually
1: wrote about this game on my projections column today. My motto actually makes this game 219. Um, I like the under as well. I mean, you look at, you said Trey Young's broken. We, I don't know if you saw the Blazers game the other day. They were down two with 30 seconds to go, and he chucks a 40 footer, and it it's nowhere close. I mean, Trey Young is shooting 27.4% from three right now, he's shooting 38% from the field. This offense is completely broken. I mean, over the last two weeks, there are 26 of them on NBA teams with an offensive rating of 104. I mean, this 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 team can't score. But, I mean, surprisingly, the defense is just – I don't know if it's going to regress at some point, but right now they're eighth in defensive rating this season. And you look at the Pistons, the Pistons are twentieth for the offensive rating. I think – and the, the Pistons also played the tw- the eighth slowest pace in the league. I like this game to go under. My model makes it 219. I grabbed some at 221 and a half. I think I would play this down to 220, but I, I think it's, it's, it's a, it gets their relative ease. I like the under.
2: All right. So that wraps up Raheem's bets because Raheem keeps things tight. Thirty-three on the on the Grizzlies, thirty-three on Kings, Clips over two. I'm a nit,
1: man. I can't help it.
2: (laughs) And thirty-three under on two twenty-one and a half Hawks. Did you get two twenty-one and a half? Did you get the number? Yeah, I got two twenty-one and a half. It's in the app and it's in my projections column for today. So check it out. All right, Brandon. So far you've got Clippers team total over one twenty and a half, under on Hawks, Pistons two twenty-one and a half. What else you got?
3: So before that, just to be clear, when I say Trey Young is still Trey Young, I'm talking about on defense. We know that he's not a good on defense. I agree. The offense has not been the same. I was saying that more as a defensive caveat. I agree that I definitely still have concerns there. So I'm gonna go to the props here for these. Uh, so you really should be following our props. Our props over at the, get the the Labs tool. Get the whole package. Right now, my props column using Justin Penn's projections and exclusively picking a 100% off of our tool. This season, 58 wins, 34 losses, and two pushes. 58 and 34, Ooh. that's plus 23 units. 3-0 and yesterday, 24% return on investment. Those picks are straight out of the app. And you can get those for free, our top three picks each day. So I'm going to play a couple of these. Uh, we've been calling these the Brandon special because I'm loving some of these big men assist props where the line is super low and you just need to grab one or two. So I'm grabbing two of these today, 20 bucks each. So first one, going back to the nets here, DeAndre Jordan over one and a half assists. Now back in the day, DeAndre Jordan, at least in my head, used to be like Hassan Whiteside. You would never have even dreamed of betting him to get one assist, let alone two. So Jordan, obviously we know he's going to play. They don't have any other center and he's got to be out there. He is over one and a half assists in eight of the last or eight of his 14 games. But if you look by minutes, if he's playing at least 18 minutes, he's over in seven of those eight games over the last three seasons. Jordan is at 2.9 assists per 36 minutes. So that's not huge. I'm not saying he's a passing savant, but he's passing a little bit. He's, you know, on this team, It's not going to be hard to get assists. That's an offensive rebound and a pass out to an immediate jump shot. That's a handoff to a cutter diving to the rim, Kyrie or Harden. All I need is two, and at FanDuel, plus 160 right now. That's plus 160 for a guy that has hit this in seven out of eight games when he's played enough minutes, which he will tonight. So $20 on that one. And then I'm also going to stick with the big men and go with a rookie that I loved coming into the draft. Xavier Tillman out in Memphis. Same thing, over one and a half assists. So Tillman is starting at center with with Jonas Valanciunas out. He's played 28 minutes a game the last two games. And Tillman, his elite pass coming in as a rookie, or his elite skill is passing. He's a great interior passer. He's great on the roll. And uh, we are projecting him at two and a half. He's had 13 assists in his last six games. And for those games, he's playing under 20 minutes off the bench. He's, his minutes are up now. I loved watching Memphis on Martin Luther King Day. Him, uh, Tillman, and Clark are great inside. They're great playing off each other. Memphis just keeps stealing these big men late in the draft. They're out there. So I'm $20 on Tillman, $20 on Jordan. Both of them, all I need is two assists. And that's uh, my two props for the day.
2: Okay. So you've got 20 on Clipper's team total over 120 and a half, 20 on the under-on Hawks Pistons, 20 on Jordan over one and a half assists, and 20 on Tillman over one and a half assists. Where's the rest of your money going?
3: All right. So last couple of bets. I mentioned this earlier in the Nets section. I'm putting $10 on the Nets second quarter. It's minus two and a half. We talked about it earlier. I don't know who's going to play in that that bench you know, for the Cows. We got like Lamar Stevens, Jabail McGee, and Dean Wade out there. Some of those guys are going to be on the court and then James Harden or Kyrie Irving is going to be leading the bench on the other side. So I'm just playing the bench unit there. And then just to really diversify my portfolio and drive you guys crazy, my last $10 I'm splitting and I'm just taking a shot. Five bucks on the Kings money line against the Clippers, five bucks on the Cavs money line against the Nets. The Nets and Clippers, I just don't trust them. I don't trust them to show up on a cold night in January and I just feel like, Rachel Nichols is going to be dying to lead off the jump tomorrow with, oh my gosh, one of these favorite teams lost to the Kings or lost to the Cavs. Both of them are plus 400 or better. I'm taking a shot five bucks each. That's it. All
2: right. Raheem's got 33 on the Grizzlies, 33 on Kings clips over and 33 on the under on Hawks Pistons. I've got 20 bucks on Grizzlies Blazers. First half under 109. I've got 10 bucks on Vucevic over 23 and a half points on FanDuel. Uh, So two things. One, in four of his last five games, uh, Vuce has gone over this mark. He has to go on a huge scoring low with Markel Fultz and Evan Fournier out. Uh, The Magic are terrible without Fournier, so I can't bet them. The Wolves are terrible without Carl Anthony Towns, so I can't bet them. But what I can bet is Nas Reed cannot stop big men. They absolutely have just dominated him and put up huge numbers. I like Vucevic, who's been great this season, over 23 and a half. I think he's going to have well over that in this game. Uh, My biggest bet, I've talked about Pistons plus five. I've talked about the Kings first quarter. My biggest bet of this week, 30 bucks on Sixers minus four and a half. This is insane to me. They do not have Al Horford to stop Joel Embiid. They do not have Aaron Baines to stop Joel Embiid. I do not trust Tristan Thompson. Here's the big one I was teasing earlier, fellas. With Seth Curry and Joel Embiid in the lineup, Seven and oh straight up five and two against the spread. The Sixers have been dominant. The Celtics may not have Tatum. Find out what's going on with Tatum before you put on your bet. Like find out and bet based off of that. Make sure that you accommodate that because I'm getting this in early. So we have it in the pod, but I want to make sure where Tatum is at. Even if Tatum plays, I'm going if Tatum plays and then the line shortens, I'm going to play it again. If if Tatum doesn't play and it gets longer, I won't play it. But I do like the Sixers a lot here at four and a half. I cannot believe that this this spread is that low. Raheem as a resident Philly guy, back me up here.
1: These two teams played in the preseason and this line was five and a half. So I mean, and both teams were at full strength. So I mean at four and a half, this 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 line is pretty short. I'm personally not touching it, but
2: I'm not I'm not mad at the play. I cowardly. Think, cowardly (laughs) cowardly
0: what did you say hell you're just a goddamn coward
2: i won't have sons of bitches we're afraid to fight stinking up this place of honor you hear me you goddamn coward i'm a coward I i don't know i don't know why you would be a coward it just opened five and a half and it moved to four and a half overnight oh and and on top of that 70% of the tickets and 67% of the money are coming in on Boston. What's to be worried about, really? It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I'm trusting my Sixers. Oh, God, I'm backing Embiid. The Seth Curry
3: numbers are great. I love the Seth Curry splits. It's a small sample, and the Seth Curry splits only work that great if he continues to shoot 60% behind the arc, which is the real number he's at right now, and 80% on true shooting. Yeah, if, if you have a guy putting up those numbers, the rest of the numbers are going to look really good too. I understand that's not, not correlated. He's getting e- easy open shots there. He's still not going to hit 60 and 80% on the season. So I'm a little skeptical, and those numbers make him down. I still like the Sixers here, so I like the play.
2: Finally, by the way, I've got 20 bucks on Mavericks. Pacers over. All right, that'll wrap it up for the NBA buffet.
0: Don't fill up on Brad.
2: No crazy pills this week. I don't have to feel like I'm taking crazy pills. There's there's been nothing that's irritated me. So that's a nice break uh, for us this week. However, it is time to go back to the futures.
1: Back to the future.
2: All right, this segment, we go back and we talk about what futures we wish we grabbed earlier, either before the season or earlier in the season. Brandon, do you have a future that you wish that you had grabbed before the season or earlier?
3: I am sticking with the theme today. We talked about the Nets' second quarter. We talked about the Nets' bench unit. I played the D'Andre Jordan over, and I'm sticking with Steve Nash here. Steve Nash, Coach of the Year, was 2000 before the season do I think Steve Nash is God's gift to coaching? No, I don't really care about Steve Nash's coaching. He's got a hundred coaches. Kyrie Irving's the coach. Everybody's the coach. Listen, this is a narrative award. Half of the time, you got to win a lot of games The Nets are going to win a lot of games. We all agree that they look like the team to beat in the East. The Nets with all that talent, barring some sort of disaster or guys missing time, they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to be up near the top of the standings I haven't seen yet any particular coach that looks like he's running away with this award coach of the year. Typically either is going to the overachiever of the year or just to the story that we like a lot. Everybody likes Steve Nash. Everyone in the media likes Steve Nash. He opened the year at plus 2000 coach of the year. I wish I had thought to bet it then. Cause we already knew then that this James Harden thing was a possibility and just a bet on Oh, look, he made it work with these three stars. Oh, they balanced them all together. Wow, it's amazing. Kyrie Irving doesn't talk to pawns. Dan offense there. And look, Nash is now at 900 at BetMGM to win the awards. So his odds are halved. I wouldn't play it at that number anymore. I wish I grabbed at 2,000. Let's be honest. Wouldn't be the first time Steve Nash won a trophy he didn't deserve. Let's give him another one.
2: Oh, man. That last thing in there is is just really not necessary on so many levels because (laughs) he absolutely deserved it that year instead of, never mind, I can't even, I can't get into that. Uh, So, you know, I love you. Love your work. The props have been killing it, been tailing you. Wonderful. Do you mind if I go at you a little bit here? Can I do that? Can I have permission to go at you a little bit? Do it. Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? Did Spoelstra win (laughs) any during the big three era? Did he win coach of the year during the big three era? No, he did not. He did not. Did Kerr win after Durant went to Golden State? No, he did not. He did not. The other thing is the awards voters are going to ask coaches who they think should be coach of the year. Now, last year, it didn't match up between the coaches' vote and the the media vote because it was clearly Nick Nurse, and I guess the coaches just hate Nick Nurse. However, it has to be somebody like that. It's got to be somebody whose impact on the team is greater. They do not reward coaches for handling star talent. They should. I've always argued managing multiple stars is harder than actually getting a team of role players to buy into a role and play together. Those guys want to play together. Everybody's happy in those situations because they're sharing the ball. It's not ball dominant. It's not, It's really not about wins. Like Bud won because Bud came in and took a Bucks team that was a first round out and made them into a juggernaut, right? Like it wasn't like, man, they have all this talent. It was they have Giannis who became the MVP and a bunch of dudes and Middleton's really good, but he got better in part because of what Bud unlocked with them. It has to be a guy like that. No one is going to watch the Nets and be like, oh, man, look at that Steve Nash. When you know (laughs) that Seth, that, that Kyrie Irving has basically said he's a consultant. Like, no, under no circumstances. There is, this is absolutely setting money on fire. There is no way Steve Nash wins Coach of the Year. Am I wrong, Reem? You're not wrong at all. Thank oh. you. <laughs> all right, Reem, uh, what's your Back to the Future?
1: I'm going with the Portland Blazers to miss the playoffs and plus 184. You were right, Matt. You told us right here on this very podcast that the Blazers were trash. Welcome to the Terry Stotts experience. They don't have a defense. The whole market was overvaluing them, and Man, Brandon, were, you know, two of them—and now we have an opportunity to still get plus one eighty-four on a team that's going to be without CJ McCown. They're going to be without without Yusuf Nurkic, and they're game injury away from being a lottery team at this point. This this defense is horrendous. There's there's ten there's ten teams in the West who can potentially make the playoffs and there's only eight spots you're gonna have a play you're gonna have a playing scenario the Blazers the Blazers are a playing team and I think at the same time you could look at the Warriors as being one of those teams that gonna replace them this year so I'm gonna take the Blazers to miss the playoffs one plus 184 this team is done
2: yeah, I shouldn't celebrate because they did lose, you know, two starters for multiple weeks. I'm not celebrating. It's terrible that that happened to them. I especially feel bad for Nurkic. You just can't get the guy just can't get healthy. I just my problem is, is that this keeps happening where somebody gets hurt and it covers up the fact that you're going to have injuries throughout NBA season. Your roster needs to be good, good enough to survive and their roster is never good enough to survive these injuries. They weren't good before they were eight and six. But every, everyone I talked to about that was like, they're 8-6? and six? Like, everyone was surprised because when you watch the Blazers, you're just like, oh, man, this defense is awful. Uh, they can't get stops. The second unit is a disaster with Mello. We'll see if they are able to pull off a trade. The only upside for them is Derek Jones Jr. has played well, but their wing rotation has been really bad. And part of that's Rodney Hood just isn't coming back from, from the Achilles. But, you know, look, I, I did bet them to miss the, – I, I bet them for the play-in game. I bet them for the playing game because I just did not believe they were a top six team in the Western Conference. Maybe they'll prove me wrong and, and rally behind the, the being absent of the injuries. Nurgic is supposed to be back um, in six weeks-ish. Now, I,
0: I they think they'll eat- probably
2: take longer. But yeah. if he gets back, you know maybe they can hang. I don't want to count them out because Stotts always rattles off a win streak some point mid-season. But I do wind up feeling like there's going to be... I just, I do not think this team is that good. I just, I just don't. I mean, I, they
1: they, they probably they missed the playoffs last year if the bubble doesn't happen. Yeah. And yeah. I just think the bubble and Dame's performance, it really kind of gassed us up. And then we were really a little too hype on Robert Covington. They're just not a good team.
2: <laughs> uh, mine is the Pelicans to miss the playoffs. I don't even know this team's going to make the play in. I, I, mean, I like they,
1: that.
2: they bad. SVG is trying to coach this team like it's a team that's ready to make. I've seen this before where you have a young core that's really exciting and you think you can skip steps. So you hire the coach that's going to get you all the way to like competing for like a playoff series win. They're not there yet. They're just not there yet. And SVG has taken all the life out of the offense that Alvin Gentry had. Uh, their defensive scheme is way too aggressive because of with their backline help. They're not aware enough on their backline. They don't have veterans. So they got nobody to rotate on the back. If you're going to play the scheme, they're running, which is two on ball. You have to have weak side defenders that know how to time coming over to help to show against the drive or the, the roll pass and be able to recover to the corner. They don't have either. So they're constantly off. Lonzo ball is back to being what he was in L.A., which is a minus player overall. He's driving Pelicans fans crazy. They want Nikhil Alexander Walker to play more. Brandon Ingram has played great. Zion Williams is killing it. Those two guys have been beasts. But overall, I really wish i gotten in on this team missing the playoffs. Once they had Eric Bledsoe next to Alonzo and were slowing down the offense, we should have jumped on, on them to miss the playoffs. You can still get it. They have, they have like, no shooting other than J.J. Redd. No shooting. No shooting other than J.J going to be a rough one.
1: They're also giving up like the highest percentage of threes and they're getting destroyed from three.
2: Yep. going to be a a rough one uh, in New Orleans. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Action Network podcast. Brandon Anderson, Raheem Palmer, make sure to download our app. Make sure to check out all of our picks in the app. Make sure to check out all of our work on the Action Network, including Brandon's red hot picks, betting all of the big men to to get to assist a game. Uh, It has been great to tail him. I've been tailing Raheem on all of his picks, including NFL, great stuff. Although I would say Ravens, yikes. That, that was rough. That yikes. Was rough. Yikes. We got Packers Super Bowl futures alive, though. All right, well. Pray know, for me. I'm, I'm a Chiefs Chief fan, so those are dead. Uh, but you can check out all of our stuff on the app. Uh, we will talk to you guys again. Check ne- out his, his, his Jokic piece. It's amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. Great. Make sure to check out my Jokic piece. I've got a Jokic MVP piece up on the site. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys again next time on the Action Network NBA Wednesday Buffet podcast.
0: We're finished talking.